0: Everett is the best there is at what he does, Bub. And what he does is the Hall of Justice podcast. Go, go, go with a smile.
1: Welcome to another edition of the Hall of Justice. This is episode 274. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for the subscriptions, the ratings, the reviews, all of it. You're helping this podcast continue. And uh, we have another wonderful episode planned for you guys today. You know, the podcast started in 2015, and at the time, the hottest show on television was The Flash. We talked about The Flash constantly uh, when we had Zack Snyder on uh, in, 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 in 2016. We didn't understand why he would cast someone else other than the great Grant Gustin. We talked about it. We've 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 criticized. We've we've broken down episodes. I have seen every minute of this show. I've probably seen all the goddamn Blu-ray bonus features also. So to have the showrunner of The Flash as it continues season eight, and if you're listening to this at the time of its release, it's returning to the CW. That means it's going to be on the CW app. Uh, I see it through Hulu. There's all kinds of ways to see it. And The Flash is uh, coming back for its season eight uh, run. Eric Wallace is with us here on the Hall of Justice. I have often wondered, what would it be like to talk about just the flash with a guy who can actually impact policy here? He has actual power. <laughs> Eric, thanks so much for doing this. Welcome.
0: Uh, thank you. <laughs> every episode, multiple times, every uh, bo- bonus footage. I'm very impressed, sir. Uh, thank you for that. And thank you for your continued support of the show. That means a lot. Thanks so much. and happy to be here. Well, you know, it's
1: funny, we, we've talked about this show and it's gone through so many different peaks and, and such like that. Before we get into the nitty gritty of the actual show, mm-hmm. just talk about the phone call that you got. I, I would imagine it's a, either a text or a phone call. I think it was pre-COVID when you found out you were getting the top gig, that you were going to be the showrunner. Todd was going to do uh, Superman and Lois. Todd, who's a veteran of this podcast, he's been on one of the earlier episodes and uh the the superman and lois show is is kick-ass no no question um what was that like what 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 was it like who did you tell what did you do
0: it's funny you know uh because todd and i i love todd to death we're still friends to this day and i too love superman and lois what a great show what a great Um, show but uh it was back in season five and uh you know we were doing cicada and all that stuff and that was Mm -hmm. going along great and Reverse Flash and uh, Nora, right? We had introduced Jessica yep. Parker Kennedy to the show and things were going pretty terrific. And I was the number two and Todd was the number one. And I was just a, kind of going about my you know, number two duties, enjoying it, having a great time working with Todd. And then he just called me into his office uh, one morning and said, hey man, sit down. Uh, oh, ooh, ooh, what did I do wrong? You know? <laughs> All writers are immediately paranoid, right? We right. immediately sure. think, oh, that draft that I turned in, it wasn't good enough. Yes. Or he, I was supposed to rewrite the act five action sequence and it was oh. too big, something of that nature. But and it's like, just...
1: it's like when somebody tells you, hey, I got to <laughs> tell you something.
0: Like, yes. Just tell me already. Just tell yes. me. Yes, yes. Oh, and you. he just came out and said, hey, I'm going to be leaving the show and uh, you're going to take over and uh, you're gonna be fine you're gonna do great and i went excuse me <laughs> um it's it's like a tuesday what what is going on here you know i was i was caught off guard to say the yeah. least um but he explained um you know he had other things in the fire and there were things going on and obviously he would go on to superman and lois right and uh he said don't worry you got this uh, and i said oh Okay then, and uh, I he said, you know, keep it under wraps for you know a week or two, and I told my wife, and you know that was about it. Maybe my best friend, um, and I just kind of thought about it for a week. Of is this really happening? Yeah. Was that? Did he make that up? Am I getting pumped right now? Is this a prank <laughs> or or whatever? And then lo and a behold, really about a,
1: bad prank
0: though. Yeah, yeah, but about a week later, um, then it became official went through all the channels and Todd was so fantastic about uh, transitioning from one to the other because we were coming uh into writing the last three or four episodes of season five so we had to wrap everything up uh as you recall uh you know Chris uh Chris Klein the other cicada had died young cicada his daughter had taken over but his ghost turned up and anybody who's been watching the flash lately uh season six on knows how much i like ghosts and uh you know <laughs> and all spirits so uh i'm the guilty one there <laughs> for that continued storyline but um i just started to think about best okay, part about it
1: is is if people listening going
0: <laughs> you are the one that did that oh my god I'm like <laughs> <you know laughs> no. it's a group effort don't get me wrong don't get me wrong i just have <laughs> i do love horror movies as as all of my staff knows and they make jokes about it all the time it's like He's going to make a sense, uh what I call a boo scare right out of a John Carpenter movie, or <laughs> he's going to add a ghost or there's going to be some bloody monster with black blood, i.e. blood work, you know, and all these things have come to pass, obviously. But, awesome, yeah, yeah. Um, I just thought about um, at that point, it, it, it was kind of a no turning back. I wasn't going to turn the job down. So after a week of ah, screaming, what do I do? What do I do? I just uh, kind of talked to my wife. I said, I think things are about to change. I think I'm about to be a lot busier. And she said, <laughs> same thing as Todd. She said, you got this. It's going to be okay. Awesome. Just, just do your best. And having that kind of support from the outgoing showrunner, Todd, and, and from the you know, my best friend in my life, my wife, uh, made it possible. And I just haven't looked back.
1: One of the things that I have always wondered about The Flash uh, changed when you took over and covid was part of it but mm-hmm. the the real question that that begs to be asked is you haven't done 20 episodes in a season you've done 1918 like the, mm-hmm. the days of 23 24 and you know, when Todd came on the podcast, he said flat out, he thought 13 is the sweet spot. You know, Superman and Lois had 15. We, we weren't bashing, you know, 15 mm-hmm. episodes. And mm-hmm. it's, it, it, but what, what I find as a viewer is the buildup to any kind of serial type storyline just gets harder and harder and harder because you have so many episodes to fill. And this is not the kind of show where it's, you know, one day Lucy and Ricky decide to go to the market. Like you can't have an episode like that. Everything has to tie in. Mm-hmm. So where where do you stand on that? And do you wrestle with how many episodes should we really be doing?
0: Um, No, I don't wrestle with it. I just get the episode. You just get the order, order and say yes, and sir, I run a, Yes, and ma'am. I run with it. <laughs> no, but I, I, in, ser- in all seriousness, obviously, um, you know, when I arrived on The Flash in season four. Um, We were doing 23 episodes a year. And I remember Todd and I co-wrote We Are the Flash, episode 423, which is still one of my faves, you know, with all the multiple thinkers running around. And I remember being on set with the director, McWhirter, and with Todd, and and going, this is nuts. We're on the 23rd episode. We're all exhausted. And we were all still bringing our A game. It was really fun. And then we got to the same thing in season uh, season five they reduced us to 22. You have never seen a group of more (laughs) relieved writers in your life. We were so exhausted going into season five, exhausted. Um, And it was supposed to be 22 episodes in season six, as we all know. Um, Now, COVID cut us off production-wise on the very first day of production in episode 20. However, what I I don't think people are aware of, we still wrote all 22 episodes. We were still burning on fumes of exhaustion. We had literally, I think, uh, Christy, Christy, uh, Kristen Kim and I uh, co wrote what would have been 622, Mother, right? Which ended up being 703. We had literally just hit print and turned it into the studio, I believe, that Tuesday. When on Wednesday, everything went down and we got the news uh, there's this. You know, COVID thing. Nobody knew what it was, and, and by Friday, we sh-
1: yeah, like COVID, right? yeah, It wasn't COVID. Yeah. It wasn't COVID
0: back then. And by the time we got to that Friday, Friday the thirteenth. I don't know if people remember that. Yep. We got that's that was the day we shut down. Um, well, that so was it the was day very that strange. Rudy
1: Gobert of the Utah Jazz tested positive, and it's when he licked all the microphones of the, the oh, guy, and the oh. NBA shut down. And I have this other podcast called Sports with Friends. One of my favorite episodes. <laughs> is we interviewed one of the guys whose microphones he licked. Oh,
0: my Holy goodness. Holy moly.
1: That was one of the craziest episodes I've ever seen. Oh,
0: I'm. I'm you, you have to uh, send the yeah, – I'd have I to will. listen to that one. You got to tell me what number that is. Yeah, I, huge, will. I will. I'm a yeah. huge NBA fan, huge oh, uh, sure. sports fan. Oh, yeah. But, oh, well, uh, I'll take
1: this out of the podcast, but then I want you to hear our Kobe episode. Etan yeah. Thomas. Etan Thomas is a good friend of mine, mm-hmm. and Etan uh, played with him in high school and told stories about what he was mm-hmm. like
0: growing up it's
1: fascinating fascinating yes, uh, yeah, we'll talk yes please do
0: please yeah. do but uh but yeah you know so we got 19 even though we had written yep. 22 scripts and it really cost um it cost a problem i think that's an understatement <laughs> um going into season seven because we didn't get a chance to resolve anything Um, we had already had the graphic novels already planned for season seven, the way we break our way I like to break stories up. That's your thing. That's my thing. You
1: introduced the the graphic novel is a sub-story. It's almost like you're buying a novel of a series. It's just like comic books. Correct. If you know comic books, you know what they what what he means.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And I'm I'm the comic book guy, as it were. And um, so suddenly. When we were going to start the uh, the forces story, you know, War of the Gods, or I've forgotten what it's even called at this point, um, it was so strange oh, having cool. to take away three episodes and tell that story, and it, it, it kind of impacted that story in kind of a negative way, unfortunately. But you know, that's life. Uh, you know, you pivot as best you can because we had to wrap up the Mirror Monarch story, and we had we still hadn't gotten Iris out of the Mirror Verse right. yet, which was a right. big big deal, and. I remember um, my staff, I never look at things online, but my staff will sometimes. And they, I remember them telling me, yeah, everybody um, um, everybody really wants Iris out of the Mirrorverse. And I'm like, yeah. it's not my fault. She <laughs> was in the Mirrorverse
1: for like two and a half years.
0: I her. know, it's, it's coronavirus. It's <laughs> not on, she, she was literally supposed to get out. And then this all happened. And we had right, to it would, the story. She would get out in May,
1: 2020, <laughs> right? Like normal. And then you'd have the summer. You know, it's still right. the traditional television model.
0: Right, right, but I, but I gotta say, it it did give us some benefits. Uh, I, I think the director of 19, uh, Phil, um, really Phil Chipper did a fantastic job on that episode. And, and we've never had a cliffhanger episode to the end of a flash season. And I think it gave it a little energy. Uh, I thought it was okay. kind of cool actually. Um, and it made our season seven premiere, I think even more poignant because we knew all summer or I guess longer than a summer, we knew for five or six, seven months, that nash wells was going to die sorry spoilers if you haven't seen 701 i apologize uh um,
1: you haven't seen the flash season seven or eight you're not listening to this episode come on
0: uh, that's that that's my that's my feelings too <laughs> but um it, it made for a very very powerful and poignant 701 season opener which was an unintentional benefit of things right. so you know you, you kind of roll with it Do you
1: um T- taking the COVID aspect out of it, I, what I took away from that was people just wanted the normal stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, if you remember what television was like in May of 2020, it was everything that was, you know, in, in the vault, in the sh- on the shelves was brought out. You know, you you had a, a Tiger King and you had s- Squid Games and all these random things. And I thought what The Flash represented when it finally did come back in March of 2021 was, well, this is what life was like beforehand. Mm. And you have that legacy. I think the legacy part of this, you know, now that there's the longevity, I think that there's a familiarity to seeing Grant and that costume. And Mm. and I'm not trying to belittle the rest of the cast, but just the idea of your character, your show's called The Flash, seeing that guy run around and showing that your production hasn't you know gotten worse you know what i mean like you didn't Mm -hmm. you the the only thing that that changed you know and todd mentioned when he came on was there was going to be a a crossover with superman and batwoman for example and Mm -hmm. once that changed you kind of like abandoned that philosophy up until what you had with with armageddon and just this idea that people wanted normalcy back and i thought when the flash returned it represented that
0: well thanks I, i appreciate that um a woman who was a, a doctor and a, you know, a frontline worker in the, in the thick of it, this would have been sometime in 2020 before we, we came back said basically the same thing to me. And because I, I was thinking about, wow. We didn't have didn't... her on the
1: podcast though.
0: No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> but she said, she said a similar thing. She said, you guys have to make your show and you have to come back. It's so important to me and my family. And I, and I said, oh my oh my goodness, well, what do you mean? She's like, no, you don't get it. It's really bad out there. This is a show we watch as a family. We need this, please come back as soon as you can. And I took that really, I thanked her and I took it really seriously. And I said, we have to do our best. We have to up our game as much as we can. We have to get back as soon as we can. And we have to provide whatever comes after this, season seven, eight, hopefully knock on wood, nine and beyond. We have to give them the best stories we can and leave it all on the table, you know? Leave it all on the table. I, re- I really kind of feel that's Armageddon is really a result of that conversation that I had with this woman back in May and, and really saying, okay, I need to tell the ultimate flash story, the ultimate one, you know, to, to say thank you to all of our loyal fans who, who helped create this legacy. I didn't create this legacy. I kind of supported and continue it, but I didn't create it.
1: But you're you know, but you're stewarding it, right? You, exactly. You, you have it, right? Exactly. And, and you and you treat the source material and you treat the reverence for the character that is seen. You know, you you're a flash fan, and this is, is with something we talk about because in this day and age, uh, with so much content out there, you can tell when people have the passion for the character that they're doing, or it's a paycheck. And it, it, it you know, there's no shame in it, it being a paycheck, but mm-hmm. you can tell the difference. You can tell John Favreau loved freaking Star Wars. You, you yes. can feel it when you watch, you know, and you yes. know that. So it, it, it's a testament to, to that. My interpretation of Armageddon, you tell me if I'm way off, because this is mm-hmm. just a guess is you asked for like Crisis 2.0 and kept asking and they kept taking, no, a little smaller, a little smaller, like, no, no, can we do this? A little smaller, a little smaller, a little smaller. And then they gave you what they gave you. They, they that You would have loved to have Melissa and you would have loved to have, you know, all the different heroes and all the legends and Superman to come in. And because you think big, you did the best with what you could and what you had. It was a crossover, but it was a different kind. It had a different vibe to it. Would you subscribe to that?
0: Uh, yes and no. Uh, okay. I would say it, it was it wasn't a case of I was, of course, I love crossovers. I mean, yeah, yeah. I was there for
1: you four were there for the of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah no,
0: it was. They're pretty wild, but they're pretty fun. Um, but when Armageddon came about, it, it wasn't a case of me saying, let's do a crossover. We were just trying to survive making television in the middle of a global pandemic. Right. And it was incredibly hard and difficult. To have number ones on the call sheet from different shows cross over to other productions because it endangered multiple productions should someone get COVID and then right, shut right. down two shows, not one. So it so un- really
1: was- it's it's kind of like the bubble theory, you know, like yes. you want to you want to encapsulate your your guys, and then there's the whole thing of like you know the crew and everybody they still going home to all the different places. Correct. So it, it it's complicated.
0: Correct. So. You know when they said they wanted to do something special, they actually, and this was the CW saying it's like, hey, can you can you just do something special to say welcome back? The show's still here, it's it's season eight, but it's still fresh. There's still a reason to watch. Um, I actually wanted to go bigger because yes, you're right, I do think big, yeah. but there were just certain things we we couldn't get Tyler Hecklin to play Superman. I mean, I've known Tyler since our teen wolf days. I I love the guy. Yeah, we've We've been up in the middle of the night fighting werewolf battles. So <laughs> I know, him well, um, done he's everything. a terrific guy, yeah. but um, you know, because of scheduling because of that bubble theory of protecting other shows, that was not possible. So it became very obvious. If I was going to have any guest stars, it wasn't going to look like a traditional crossover. And so I said, well, then let's not make a traditional crossover. Let's uh, on purpose. I decided let's make, instead of a story about, grant um melissa and steven right it it was all the other other crossovers were always about three people the the trinity of the arrowverse as it were let's make a story about one character it's only about barry and obviously iris has a storyline and you know cecile does it well and
1: and and jefferson pierce coming in yes he's in the midst of what he's dealing with and it it just felt it, it felt real when you saw those other characters except when he goes to the future and it's the alternate versions. so that mm-hmm. way you didn't conflict any cut thing going on with batwoman you could see how you played all of it mm-hmm. but it literally looks like it, it it's almost like it's what toys can i play with and then yes. once you got them you said okay i'm gonna do the best thing i can with them
0: and it was a case of when i, I went story and character first i said if we're gonna tell a Barry centric story and this is what is going to happen who are the people i need and who are the villains that that we kind of need it became very obvious given the nature of the theme of this year which is leveling up which meant he had to face a foe that was far far more powerful than anyone he'd faced before that meant someone from another planet which automatically ruled out a whole bunch of people and set us up for oh I'm a been a Despero fan since I was a kid. Despro oh, Despero and
1: I'm sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Despero and Amazo were actually my two favorite villains, Justice League villains, when I was a kid. Awesome. And we would already done Amazo in Elseworlds in yep. in the Flash episode. Yep. Ironically, yep. Uh, yep. me and Sam had written that one. So this was an opportunity to do Despero, but it also meant the leveling up aspect and and knowing this is a little bit. Of, I won't give you spoilers, but knowing where the rest of season eight goes, it was yep. also imperative to have. Tom Cavanaugh as reverse flash being a kind of the, the twist that you don't see coming hopefully in the middle of the story that turns things on its head. Um, but yeah, it, 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 after that it was who best as a guest star would support Barry's story. It had to be Jefferson Pierce. It had to be Black Lightning because his story spoke to Barry's story. It had to be Batwoman in Armageddon part four because I knew, I, I called up Caroline over at Batwoman. I said, I have this crazy idea. I think Iris and Ryan are best friends in the future. And I think they're each other's maid of honors and that's how close they are. And I think they're going through stuff together. And I, I really like to see that on our show. And before I could even finish, I think half a sentence, Caroline went, oh yes, do that, in fact. And then she contributed her own uh, ideas and it was like, oh, we're off to the races. It was, it was terrific. And the same thing with the Green Arrow, same thing with Ray Palmer, um, Damian Dart, everyone was chosen specifically because they had the perfect kind of emotional baggage that either needed to be resolved, usually resolved or taken care of or, or explored in some way to support Barry's emotional journey. So it worked out great
1: this episode of the hall of justice is presented in part by our friends at warner brothers home entertainment after six supercharged seasons dc marks the end of an epic era with the final installment of the action-packed series with the release of supergirl the sixth and final season on blu-ray it comes out march 8th 2022 fans can purchase the sets in which addition to all 20 super powered episodes from season six Contains an all-new featurette and deleted scenes. Supergirl, the complete se- Supergirl, The Complete series, is also available, containing all 126 exhilarating episodes from the phenomenal series, as well as countless hours of bonus features from all six epic not-to-be-missed seasons. In the sixth and final season, Supergirl is thrust into the greatest challenge of her life, forced to confront her own mortality and the prospect of... And her friends rally to help her in this difficult fight. A new supervillain arrives in National City and tests her resolve. We have done episodes with cast members and reviews of Supergirl. It has been going on since we started the Hall of Justice. It flies into homes on Blu-ray and DVD March 8th. The Tom Cavanagh run. Mm -hmm. Um he has had seasons where he has been completely different wells from different universes. Mm-hmm. Um, the, f- the, the one that everybody looks at for him is that season one is the season one reveal. When you find out that this guy, Harrison Wells was really not Harrison Wells. It's actually reverse flash. And mm-hmm. it goes down an arc. It's run, Barry run. It's the, it's the legacy of the, this show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you dilute? Cav- and I again I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but mm-hmm. Kavanaugh's so stinking good. How could you not put him in as a French guy and as a this guy and this, you know, this this wells and this wells and that wells? Mm-hmm. The idea did you dilute him so much that the impact of the reverse flash coming back is almost less than it would have been had he not been around and had he not been there because of that character, just that one character not the guy who you saw in seasons four five six uh-huh.
0: well i always use and I'm, again i'm a comic book guy that's how i'll answer yeah, yeah. this question i think it's important to embrace certain comic book conventions when you're doing a comic book show and the answer i always use mm, is that's not batman bad. and the joker okay the joker is the greatest batman villain of all time if you put the joker in every single issue of batman a hundred issues in a row He's not going to be the greatest villain of Batman's Rogues Gallery. After about twelve issues, you're just—it right. doesn't matter. You're going to get but bored. But you
1: wouldn't have Jack Napier be in issue thirteen.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, conversely, you do have to check in with the Joker. He needs to appear right. every couple of years, and that's what we do, so that you remind the audience, "Oh, this guy really is terrifying," and he's played by an awesome actor, and all these other things, mm-hmm. right? And that's what, that's been at least my kind of approach to uh, the reverse flash is, okay, a little bit can go a long way. And, and I, the other example I use is, cause I'm the world's biggest Doctor Who fanatic is uh-huh. the Daleks, you know? The Daleks can't be in every episode of Doctor Who, but they can appear maybe once a year in, a, in an episode where you don't see them coming. And, uh, and it's always a kind of a surprise. Right. And I think that helps build the legacy of the reverse flash because. There are so many more reverse flash stories to tell, just like there are so many flash stories, so many more Team flash stories and all of the individual characters too. So at least that's my approach to it. I don't think it dilutes the brand of the reverse flash. Mm -hmm. I think it only enhances it because the audience now will always wonder, he could show up at any moment, where will he show up next and what will happen when he does?
1: Have you ever heard his podcast? By the way,
0: no, I didn't. I was he, not even aware he. Even Tom
1: Cavanaugh has a podcast where he and another comedian eat food and they dissect for like forty five minutes an Oreo cookie, and then they'll do an episode on <laughs> Doritos, and it's the funniest thing. And I found it when, see, I, like around season two, like I, I found it a long time ago, and it was it's just. You're listening to it, and you're like, "What the hell am I listening to?" But Kavanaugh's so funny and so good. You just you want to hear, "Oh, oh!" So, so the the cookie should be dark, and the, the icing should be white. <laughs> and you you're like you're frying your brain. I love how podcasts don't compete with each other. So, like, I can promote <laughs> this and yours, and
0: that's you know. nice. That's nice. I'll to check a, that it's out. It's a neat
1: thing about the space. <laughs> the other tangent question that I wanted to ask you before we wrap this up and and focus on season eight. And I try to yes. pilfer you for whatever information I can get. Um, <laughs> the crisis. I know you said you worked on all the crossovers, but the crisis. Yes. With bringing Bert Ward and bringing Robert Wall and bringing Ezra Miller and bringing it, like all these guys, and it really was a who's who, and it really felt like it validated. The Titan show and it the and the Doom Patrol and it, it like it put Stargirl in a place so like you understood where it was in this universe and you understand that for a DC fan who watches Grant Gustin on Tuesday can watch Breck Bessinger on Wednesday and it's all connected, and that's what Marvel does really, really well. What was that room like when you're talking to everybody and they're literally throwing the kitchen goddamn sink <laughs> at you? I, I I can't even imagine. And did, whose idea was the Ezra Miller pop in? Like that was so out of left field.
0: You, you know, I don't know whose I don't know whose idea it was to if bring. it was here, Ezra. I want you to
1: take the credit.
0: Oh no, no, it was not me. Oh right. no, not not at all. Uh, Mark Guggenheim was really leading the charge on so many of the wild elements of Crisis. Uh, I mean, he just was like a kid so in a candy wild. store and. And that, and you're right. Like Birds that is of Prey series,
1: run. Smallville, like all yeah. of that.
0: I mean, it got to a point where, and I do wish there, had, I wish somebody had taken a picture of when we were in that room because it was all the showrunners of all the Arrowverse shows, right? Yeah, so it's right. myself, it's Caroline, it's Keto, it's, you know, Mark, it's, you know, um, uh, Robert and, and Jessica. It's, every, it's everybody all right. in the same room. And I remember Mark saying something to the effect of, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna wrap it all up. We're gonna honor you know the Arrowverse with this with this crisis thing." And the idea is, how many characters can we get in? <laughs> and I remember he he was the one I think who uh was suggested Burt Ward. And when we heard that, I remember the first time hearing that, I'm like, is this guy serious? That's that's wild. I love that, but. Can, can, can you do that on television? It was, cause we weren't sure. Cause this was like right. day one or day Like two. who has the rights to
1: who and-, and Yeah, and, you're, sure.
0: you're thinking, you're thinking kind of logistically at that point. But then the floodgates just were kicked open and then suddenly everybody in the room is throwing out every single person they wanna see. And if we can get them, we tried to get them. Uh, the fact that we got Lucifer, uh, cause I'm a Lucifer fan, right? That's right. I, I couldn't believe that it went from yeah, let's get uh, let's get the Lucifer guy in here. That would be great. And then next thing you know, about uh, four months later, I'm on set talking to. I've, and forgive me, I've forgotten Tom, forgotten the actor's name who plays Lucifer. Such a nice gentleman. Um, but he's yeah. on our he, he's on our flash set, right? Yeah. Talking to Diggle, and it was the strangest, strangest night. It felt surreal. There were so many Brandon Ralph wore
1: the Kingdom Come Superman costume.
0: How wild! By the way. if anybody
1: at hbo max is listening to this podcast yes do that show do that show brandon routh as kingdom come superman holy manoli Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. that tied in the christopher reeve movies Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. you you talk you had robert wall and the christopher reeve movies in the same show
0: Mm -hmm. i'll I'll also tell you that one of the most special things about the the early days of putting that crisis together script-wise not in addition to just saying, what cool scene do we want to see <laughs> what was we um what we had a uh, mark. Service? Well, no, Mark had the great idea. It's like, we need to talk to the architect of this story. We need to talk to Mark, uh, Marv Wolfman. And so oh, well. Marv yeah. came into our writer's room and talked with us for hours. And we had every crazy oh, question so. in the world to talk, to ask him because we were going to bring his, his creation to life essentially. And Marv is such a great, he's such a gentleman, such an incredible talent, such a wonderful human being, just, just, you know, humored us, answered every question, gave us more than we could possibly imagine. It was, it was one of the great days of my career, um, just being a, being a part of that. I felt very honored because this is somebody who had written so many things that I grew up Reading his run on Teen Titans specifically, yes. although who he doesn't was just like... on,
1: he was just yeah. on Teen Titans Go. He, he just yeah. did a voice spot on yeah. Teen Titans yeah. Go. He He's so amazing. Funny.
0: He's yeah. so he said it was so amazing. So it's things like that made Crisis really, really special. And then with Ezra, um, I remember Mark said to me, Hey, Eric, <laughs> so I want to try and do something wild. And he and said this didn't I, leak.
1: Folks, this did, did not leak. It didn't yeah. leak.
0: And he, he suggests, I'm going to, I'm talking to DC and we're going to try and have Grant meet Ezra. And then after my head stopped spitting, I went, <laughs> okay, how do we, what's the scene? And he says, I don't know. <laughs> but we're going to come up with something. And we started to just brainstorm a little bit. Yeah. He's like, Eric, it's going to be on part four of Crisis on Arrow, but you're going to have to shoot it on the flash set. So I need you to produce it and oversee it. And I said, okay, yeah. fine. And uh, we just started spitballing things. And then after um, our, I, our brainstorming session, Mark went away, wrote the scene. I gave a little feedback. I think my, I think I added a joke. I don't think it even made the cut, but there was a moment where um, Ezra looks at Flash's suit. Maybe it's in the cut, I can't remember. And he makes a Comic-Con joke about, oh, is that is that cosplay? Is cosplay, you know? yes. And you yeah, know he yeah.
1: says, is that cosplay? And because you know that Twitter exploded because people talk <laughs> about those goddamn costumes all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, that's so funny.
0: So it was really, it was just a fun, it was just a fun, fun experience to pull off. And, you know, I'm still holding out hope. You know, if, if DC is listening, they know I'm not very subtle about this. I'd love to get another somebody from the DCEU over to The Flash or even get Ezra back. That's that's one of my goals. Sometime in, in the next, however, you know, along I'm privileged enough to do this. So
1: well, along those I lines, though, but but to, to to not to cut you off, but but along those lines, this is the first time in the eight year run. Uh, well, it'll if there's a ninth year, and I, mm-hmm. again, if you want to give any news, we, we'll, we'll gladly take it. But <laughs> <laughs> the uh, <laughs> but the the idea is, if you go into a season nine, it's mm-hmm. your job to be. To not you're you're going to be either fairly or unfairly compared to that flash movie, and yeah, yes, yeah, you, know, you know, just to give you context, when we had Zack Snyder on back in 2016, mm-hmm. at the time we I think we had 12 listeners. What went viral? It, the, the Zack Snyder podcast got 450 thousand listeners because Zack ripped wow. Superman fans. It went wow. crazy. It was it was bonkers. Mm -hmm. But what I thought was the only marketable thing, and I don't know how to market anything like I put this podcast together. I'll tag you on social media and that'll be it. You know, the, the, what I wanted to know is what was Zach's thought on hiring Ezra Miller Mm -hmm. when you had Grant Gustin kicking ass. Mm -hmm. And I said, Mm -hmm. you, here's a situation where, look, if you don't want to have green arrow in a justice league movie, that's fine, but you have a flash and Mm -hmm. Zach's answer was, you know, like what you're saying is there. It's just different issues of a comic book, like that. That's mm-hmm. that's what it is. I just wanted to know what your thought is going in, knowing that movie is out there and everyone's going to see it.
0: Well, I'll, first of all, let me say I will be the first person in line to go see this Flash movie, and I can't, can't wait. wait. I can't. I'm a fan of like the King's character of the Flash. All right, it's like I don't care who is starring in that. I'm going opening right, weekend sure. because I, I love the flash in all its many forms. Um, yes. I have a special place in my heart for Grant, obviously, because he's my flash. Right. right. Um, but I consider Ezra part of the family now because he's been on our show. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, and, and, in just talking with him very briefly, he's such a great dude, you know? Um, I, and I told him when he left, I said, you are welcome here anytime, sir. Please come back. Um, so I, I don't, I know it's not very controversial or anything, but no, no, it's just, it's just not a big deal for me. I can't wait to see the movie. Good. I hope it's, I, it looks so far. It looks awesome. I can't wait to see it. Um, I keep hoping they've hidden from me that Grant has a cameo <laughs> and nobody's telling me. And even Grant is sworn to secrecy and had to sign an NDA and, and then I'm pleasantly, I'm, I'm a fan of the movie. But you're not, just but, but you don't that. know
1: either way. You're, 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 yeah. What you're saying is you don't know either yeah. way. So there's, there's a chance that that actually happens and you'll be just as shocked as everybody else.
0: Yeah, it's like, I'm not... That'd be wild. I would hope, I would hope that they would tell me. <laughs>
1: that will, I, I will know, totally now be uh, thinking about this conversation when I see that movie.
0: But If, it, if he if shows it, up like, or not. Yeah, whether it happens or not, I don't think it impacts the movie in a negative way because I look at it as that's another universe in a multiverse uh, where multiple flashes exist. Flash of... Earth ninety is John Wesley Ship, and that's that TV what, show that I or grew or up was. in the in the ninety or was, uh, not, you know, <laughs> rest in peace. Obviously, I, that's my <laughs> fault, by the way. I, 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 that's that one's on me. So I, I, I knew. It. I'm like, oh, but I did argue. I said, if we're gonna kill the Flash like we have to do in the comic book, it has to be on the Flash. It has to be in part three in our episode, and we need to honor this. And uh, I thought John cool, Wesley Ship, who's a big you know friend of the of the show, obviously who's who sure. We're more than happy to back all the time, did a fantastic job there. Uh,
1: another guy who's played so many different roles I- I- in your show, and as somebody who grew up loving that show, I mean, I was that uh, was 1990, so I was still mm-hmm. in high school when the Flash mm-hmm. uh, TV mm-hmm. show came out. Um, that being said, uh, because you're such a comic book fan, mm-hmm. you can settle an old argument. This is a really old argument. Uh, when the show was announced, so it was Grant was going to guest star on Arrow and then the next mm-hmm. year there would be a flash TV show. Mm-hmm. I had said because I had read that John Wesley's ship was cast. They didn't say what their roles were at the time. Mm-hmm. And I want to say we had started the pod. No, we, we didn't start the podcast. The show was out. We had, I, I didn't have this podcast or else I would have said it on it. Could Grant play Wally West and john wesley ship play barry allen because at the time that the flash tv show came out the generation of people that grew up on justice league unlimited knew mm. the flash as wally west and you had kind of passed the torch from barry allen in the mark wade comic books mm. what would you just going back again it's hindsight it's 2020 i've already sung the praises of this show just the idea of you had this legacy to play with and you had john wesley ship that could have reprised his role as Barry Allen in the same universe.
0: Yeah, um, that's actually a, a better, a better question for Todd, who I was yeah. not here in seasons one, two, and three, so I, I really have okay. no insight into that. Um, I just
1: wonder if there, if there was like in the writers' room, there was a debate.
0: Uh, no, I would did, not. Uh, yeah, that's a that would I be a season wonder. one question, uh, right? Which I could not answer. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, I will say given what you just said that would be more likely to happen in today's climate if the show had what hmm. started now then it would have been 10 years ago 10 years ago it was about all right, we need to have something fresh. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. There, you remember when Arrow started? There was not supposed to be a crisis on Infinite earth. There weren't supposed to be other heroes. It was very grounded. It was right, about right. building. It was not just- going to be
1: a a, a a universe, right? It was, it was not going to be that. It was correct.
0: Right. Yeah. So and I it think had if a started a big in-
1: departure from the Justin Hartley character, who correct? Smaller. No,
0: correct. Completely
1: correct. We're we're on the same page. I, it was it mm-hmm. was it was just I, I remember thinking that when it happened you know and if there was a podcast then all right i i've I've used so much of your time um season eight comes out on the cw again the cw app you can see it that way you uh i subscribe through hulu i get it on on my hulu so i get my little alerts every time it comes out i watch them the next morning that's that's how i consume the show um what there's been rumors about Eddie Thawne coming back, <laughs> Rick Cosnet. There's been rumors of uh, 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 Tom Cavanaugh's, uh, you know, reverse flash coming back. That That's just the stuff that we hear about. But mm-hmm. every time I Google you doing my research for this, you're telling somebody something else. What about season eight? Can you tell us?
0: Gosh, uh, that that's tricky. Um... He gets gold boots. Uh, yeah, yeah, he got his gold boots. Grant is happy uh, about that. Um, I will say um, the reverse Flash story is, I mean, he lost all of his speed. He's pretty angry about that. It does He doesn't seem like the kind of person to just let that slide, you know? Okay. Uh, okay. I'd say it's a pretty safe bet that we have not seen the last of the reverse Flash in season eight of The Flash, and I don't think okay. that's a huge... Uh, spoiler or anything no, like that so. <laughs> the question is always how will he reappear it's always that that that's the, that's the fun um yeah we do have um gosh uh rick is back i, don't, I think that's that's in the news that's not a secret yeah. or anything and i'm i'm very excited for everybody to see him yeah. Uh, yeah. i won't say exactly how it happens but I will say the his first moment back on the show is hilarious. And okay. it just I just the scene just makes me laugh so many times. It's such a delightful scene All right. um, that I, I, and it's it's his episode where he comes back is very I think it it's light. It's a kind of a light right. fun romp. Yeah, and I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm very excited to to show that to to the world. And you know, just let everybody like Armageddon got kind of heavy. let's <laughs> let's have some laughs for a while, you know okay. <laughs> before getting into I think what will be one of the most emotionally intense graphic novels we've ever attempted and everybody who knows me knows how much I like ghost stories well get ready get ready we're bringing back the spooky we haven't really done a spooky storyline since Bloodworks, uh those -hmm. first eight episodes 601 through 608 and uh I thought it was time to bring back a little bit of the horror uh but in a in a different way in a more modern context so Look for that a little bit in season eight. And as we kind of get to the finale of this season, I would say, hmm, gosh, how do I say this without spoiling? Well, everything?
1: how about this? You know <laughs> what the quality of the earlier finales have been. Does yes. It live up? Brag a little. Does it live up oh. to that?
0: <laughs> uh, I'll be honest with you. There's a twist in this. There year's, we go. There's a twist in this year's finale. No one will see coming that makes me cackle with joy so much that to this. will blow people's minds. All right. You know, Yeah, that's, it's, I can't, I literally cannot, I'm shaking with joy right now. You can't see me, but I am <laughs> shaking with anticipation because it is a seriously crazy idea that I've wanted to do for a while and we have pulled it off. Um, and uh, Barry Allen's life will never be the same. Never be the same. The- also, I would. I would say one other thing is, you know, that time sickness that Iris has Uh uh, might be a little bit more than time sickness. It might might be a little bit more going on there uh, than just uh, a little time jumping and whatnot. And the revelations of that are going to shake up Barry's marriage in a big way. And it's all leading to the finale. That's all all in our last four episodes.
1: All right. Well, I will say this. It's season eight. This is hard, man. This is mm-hmm. it's a challenge to keep this thing fresh. So mm-hmm. we are rooting for you, We're wishing you nothing but success. Thank um, you. It's, it's something where um, no one saw any of these shows. You know, th- these kinds of shows don't go eight, nine, ten episodes. Adam Goldberg was in the news where he said that there's nothing on network tv that goes these this long anymore you know yes they're all shorter runs shorter episode runs that's that's the model that's the the bbc model that they're taking Mm -hmm. to all these streaming things um it'll be fascinating to see and a lot of people want it there's there's pressure you know there's pressure that comes with it people are going to say listen Mm -hmm. if i'm going to still watch this show i want it to still be as good and that's you know, the balls, you have it, you know, what, what do you do? And that,
0: that, I know. I know. And that's part of, that's part of the, it's, it's a challenge, but it's also part of the fun.
1: Yeah.
0: I, I, if I can surprise myself that I feel like I can surprise the audience. And yeah, when we finish this season, we'll have 171 episodes in the oh can. Think about that. 171. Wow. That's insane. That's crazy. Um, that's so crazy. it is, everybody on my writing staff everybody in the cast and crew we all take the legacy of the flash very very seriously we are all committed to continuing to bring you the best show we humanly can under quite frankly insanely impossible circumstances um and well, i, because I they don't make to-
1: shows like this anymore and you, you guys have the last run you're the if you guys go to 200 episodes, you're going to be the last superhero show that goes to 200 episodes.
0: Well, it's it's not even that. It's yes, they don't make shows that run this long, but they don't make them in pan, global pandemics. Oh, you no, know, it's, oh. <laughs> it's, it's it's oh that oh that. You know, and I I want to give a special shout out to my writing staff, my incredible writing staff, my incredible cast, my incredible crew, all of the people who 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 just if you knew how hard. These people were working every day. Um, You know, I'm talking everybody from the PAs and catering to art department, to the grips, to the DPs, to the directors, to my line producer, to all of our series regulars, all of our guest stars, all of our staff members, my support staff also. This is hard, man. And thank goodness it's a labor of love. Thank goodness. Um, And we feel very blessed and honored to continue this legacy hopefully hopefully for another season after season eight but that's not up to me (laughs) (laughs) well
1: well no no that's not the kind of news i was looking to break on on this podcast (laughs) and by the way if you're listening to this in the future first of all tell me how the flying car is and second of all uh you know the the, who knows they could be coming off season 11 you're like oh you had them in season eight So I'm going to just say this right now. If there's a season nine and a season 10, you're coming back. We got to talk more uh, about this. Fair enough. Because what you are undertaking is a massive, massive challenge. And uh, all we can say is we're rooting for you, man.
0: Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, And thanks for continuing to watch and continuing all the support. It's really greatly appreciated.
1: Uh, how can people find you on social media or how do you feel about social media? Do you, <laughs> do you wish they would just disappear? It's a cesspool. Although I will say, you know, in times of despair um, on the podcast, we t- we've talked about my father passing away a couple of weeks ago, social media I'm was so really sorry. cool. I'm so strangers, sorry oh, thank you very much. Um, the, I'm going to take this out, but strangers uh, on the podcast, you know, people who listen, just wishing you condolences and saying nice charming thing like there are good people in this world even though it's a Mm -hmm. cesspool of of disgustingness uh social media can be your friend again how do you what where does social media fit for you who's a content creator
0: i don't sadly i don't really engage in it anymore the way i used to um things things changed when i took over the show i think that's the polite way of putting it you know and um you know sometimes it's it's not the most healthy thing to to look at what's being said online when you're in the middle of the creative battle, as it were. It, it can be imagine, very, yeah. it can be very uh, destructive and negative. So I, you know, I have a Twitter account. Uh, I'll tweet every once in a while. I tend to tweet uh, when there are, are new episodes or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. Just well, when you're things, on a great
1: but, podcast, you'll tweet that. Or you, or, you're, or yeah. yes, of course,
0: <laughs> yes. But um, but I will I will I will say that I have kind of pulled back a little bit. I think I think it's happened because of a lot of just the things that have happened the last two or three years just in the world. Um, I've I've kind of wanted to take it more time to. I kind of want to take more time to just personally reflect on things rather than kind of reflect publicly on them. So that's just a personal choice. I, I have no problems with social media. I think it's I think it can be wonderful, quite yeah. frankly, and. I've met some really wonderful friends through social media. It's pretty pretty awesome. So I'm not, I don't want to disparage it by any means. And I think fan engagement is absolutely terrific. I did it uh, up until I became a professional, you know, writer. I I was doing, and and even after a while, I still was in the early days. So I I still encourage that. I think it's (laughs) terrific, but, um, but yeah, I don't, you might not see me on on the the twitters too often there are instagram i'm not even on instagram and that's just me you know i think if i if i just had more time maybe i would Uh but i'm so i know it sounds ridiculous i'm so tired from (laughs) making the show sometimes (laughs) the last thing i think about is oh let me put something online you know i yeah uh i, I want to catch up on my on my shows that, that that i like i still haven't watched i still haven't watched the last episode of doctor who what's going on here this is insane i'm well, be the world's biggest doctor who fanatic, fanatic. Yeah, yeah. so that tells you where my priorities will be when i get a little free time
1: eric thank you so much uh for doing this uh good luck with season eight and beyond whatever you wind up uh working on whether it's more flash or something else uh, your time is invaluable. and It's really appreciated, but it's really cool getting to know you and it's you're, you're an easy guy to root for.
0: Oh, thanks man. Appreciate it. And uh, take care.
1: That's Eric Wallace right here on the hall of justice podcast. Thank you so much for listening again. The flash uh, returns with season eight. It's on the CW. So if you have an old fashioned t- uh, cable subscription, just, or or just if you have the antenna, just w- tune into the CW, especially if you have a Nielsen box, they want the ratings and Make sure that you watch The CW on the CW app or however you can get your streaming services. The season eight of The Flash continues. My name is Seth Everett. We will see you next
0: week.